0: Hello, and welcome back to the PT Pintcast podcast, where that is very hard to say three times fast. And if you're out there like, wait a minute, that's not Jimmy McKay. There is an imposter among us, and I gotta find out who it is. You are absolutely correct and very attuned to detail. My name is Dr. K Mastricola and I am the three brain cells in a trench coat behind the Instagram and TikTok page DPTs of Anxiety and I host a podcast on the PT Podcast Network called The Thrive Guide. And today I kind of wanted to hop on here and talk to you guys all about something that is very relevant to what I'm feeling in this exact moment which is imposter syndrome. Yeah, that thing that kind of eats us up at night that kind of makes us feel like we don't belong. We're going to talk about what it is, how to navigate the feelings of it, and how to leverage it, how to utilize it to our advantage, to where no one can stop us because our, we have are oozing this confidence of like, yeah, I'm the imposter. So let's jump right in. And I think the best way to kind of start talking about like what is imposter syndrome is talking about where I, for the first time, really kind of like embodied and viscerally felt like an outsider and like what that meant to me. So for those of you guys listening who may not have experienced imposter syndrome yet or like may still be like, I don't know if this is what I'm feeling. Imposter syndrome is that phenomenon where it's, wow, I'm supposed to be playing this role and I think that I'm playing it correctly and everyone around me seems to be understanding that I am in this role Yet I still feel like an outsider in this position. Yet I still I still don't feel like I belong. You're waiting for the shoe to drop on someone figuring you out. And it's this like existential kind of, of feeling of being something that that you're not when you are expected to be that. And that's a very difficult concept to to grapple with, especially when you have things like anxiety, ADHD, OCD, autism, all of these kind of like neurodivergencies. Um, it can be very isolating at best. And I think one of the times where I felt that the most and and for the first time really got halted in my tracks by it, I was, man, let me set the scene. I was a second year PT student and it was my third clinical rotation. And so I was in a hospital setting, uh, inpatient acute cardiac rehab, and I just finished working with a patient. And this clinical had been really tough. It's not my ideal setting. It's not somewhere that I felt the most confident. Cardiac was kind of my lowest, uh, testing scores in PT school. So I was really having to stay on my toes all the time to make sure that I was like putting myself forward. And I remember I was just kind of like finishing up my charting and this nurse walked up to me and she was like, Oh, are you so-and-so's PT? And in that moment, I literally felt like everything in my brain just like spazzed out. Like they're like opening file cabinets and they're like, who is the PT? Who is the PT? Who is the PT? And it wasn't anything serious. Like they were just asking if I was like seeing the patient or going to do this like procedure, or like getting them back into the bed um, or if they would help me with something. And, but it, it was so much that aspect of, no, I, I, cannot be the physical therapist here. I am not the physical. You think I'm the physical therapist? Cool. I when are you going to figure out that I'm not? When are you going to figure out that everything I'm doing here is a facade and, and that I actually don't belong here and I'm actually doing everything wrong. And that kind of feeling like like snowballed and to a point where I <laughs> that night I went home and you know, at this point, when you're in clinicals in PT school, your, your CIs are signing off on your notes, right? So they're double checking everything. It's their license that are on the line and they're double checking their charges. Insurance is charging based on what the PT had said. And so I wasn't at that level yet. Like I was just the student who was putting that content forward uh, for my CI to sign off on. But the thought of having to do that one day made me like almost want to just like, vomit up all of my internal organs and being like no this ain't this ain't it this ain't it like the fact of like a massive insurance company somehow trusting the the numbers the the sum variables of eight that accumulate to me getting paid in a paycheck me representing a company to be an actual physical therapist with a paper license that the state recognizes—that it's like, yeah, this person is safe to work with patients without the guidance and supervision of someone else—as a 23-year-old teenage girl, that was a lot to deal with. That was a lot to deal with, and I think that that was one of the heavier times that I I grappled with the idea of imposter syndrome, and ironically, um, that kind of spiral is what what birthed the DPTs, the anxiety meme page. Uh, Cause I just so happened to have therapy a couple of days later. And I was like, no way I can do this. This is, this is not it. I, there is no space or time where I will ever be trusted to submit this with the patient. And my therapist is like, but what if he did? And I was like, no, don't go there. She's like, but what if you are a physical therapist already? What if you are acting like one? And I think that that's something that we need to we need to take uh, when we're starting to grapple with imposter syndrome, where it's like the the voices in our heads are kind of always saying like, well, what if what are, what if you're not? What if you're not? And it's like, but what if I am? But what if I am? And so how that kind of spiraled into a meme page was she was like, okay, okay, take it back. What do you do with cope? to cope with these feelings. What do you do? And I was like, oh, I make memes and I like send them to my three friends. And she was like, oh, great. Like send me one. And so I did. And she was like, wait a minute. Like, this is like really good. You should post this for other people to see. And I was like, on my personal page, absolutely not. Imposter syndrome number two, like I am not a content creator. I am not, I'm not funny. Like the definitions of funny, like I in passing maybe, but like in a production concept way. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't choose that as like the top three adjectives to describe me. And that even had its own level of imposter syndrome of like, what am I even doing? And so I also have the crippling inability to say no to anything at this time in my life. So I went ahead and I posted it online. Cause I didn't want to disappoint. It's kind of spiraled into this like crazy community I'm starting to notice that everyone's feeling the same thing as me. Everyone is feeling like they are just like two toddlers in a trench coat, trying to make it work, waddling through the left legs going, the right hand's going, and they're not knowing what else is going with each. And if that doesn't make sense to you, I'm so happy because that means you haven't necessarily experienced it. And it's a really, I don't know if I could swear on this podcast, uh, sucky thing to be able to feel. And, um, so how do we, how do we utilize that into being actually kind of like this, the superpower, this thing that we can use to our advantage, right? How do we, how do we muster up that those feelings of I'm not, I'm not enough, or they're going to figure me out to like, man, I hope they never figure me out. And that was a big mental shift for me is when I realized that imposter syndrome is not really deterrent as it is an advantage, right? There is nothing more that I loved to do as a kid than pretend that I was this like spy space cadet. That was like my my go-to uh, self-imaginative play that I would do is I would just become this like spy space cadet and I had to like sneak in and like figure out. And so when I started kind of tapping back into that and I'm like. Okay, maybe I'm not a space cadet. Maybe I'm a physical therapist and they won't figure me out. So when we start treating imposter syndrome like we're spies, right? We're James Bond, we're Jamie Bond, you know, trying to maneuver our way in such a way to where they can't help but know that we're the people that we say they are, there's an aura of confidence and power there that someone physically cannot take away from you. And so I kind of challenge you guys, like the next time you you feel that level of imposter syndrome. So let's say like another time I felt it, it was like during a practical exam where like, I was like fumbling with my goniometer. And I was like, there is absolutely no way that I'll ever, ever be able to to do this in a clinic because they know that I don't know what I'm doing. Well, here's, here's that beautiful part differentiates a practicum from the real world, right? And so all my PT students out there, I want you to listen to this really closely. When you're in practicum, yes, your lab TA knows how the goniometer works. Yes, the lab TA knows the exact degree of knee flexion that needs to be measured at that point. The average patient in front of you does not. The average patient in front of you, if you ask them what a goniometer is for, they would probably tell you it's for the weather. And that's not their fault because if you asked me before PT school, I wouldn't know what it meant either. Right. And so we are only know as much as we're taught and a goniometer is so specific to physical therapy that if you are testing it against a non physical therapist, they're not going to know that you don't know what you're doing. And here's the thing using a goniometer wrong and then like stepping back and then like Googling it and like what, degree knee flexion or like what position to test it in like when the patient like isn't seeing or hell even if they are seeing it like they would so much rather you have it get it right than to have it wrong but there's there's no harm you're not going to hurt them by using a goniometer wrong and then double checking and then going back and doing it again right because they don't know that you did it wrong the first time all they know you were testing something completely different so here's here's the secret right to, to being this like imposter syndrome super spy is to never let them know your ultimatum right never let them know your secrets and so you just proceed with confidence and no one can question you and I'll repeat that again you proceed with confidence and no one questions you because if you're sitting there with the goniometer and your patient's in front of you and they don't they're not the wiser they just know that their knee hurts and you're like oh um um okay hang on hang on and then I and then I have to move the, the little arm on the big arm and the big arm on the if you're self-narrating, yeah, you're letting them in on, on your secrets. You're letting them know that maybe you, you in this moment don't know what you're doing. And sometimes it's okay to not know what you're doing. Right. As long as it's in a safe and controlled environment, even as a licensed PT, there's so many times where I, I just kind of like step back and I'm like, what nerve is this in the brachial plexus? And that's okay. Right, I had a patient one time look at me, and uh, I was working with carpal tunnel, uh, which is really common uh, with pregnancy patients. But again, like I said, I'm a pelvic floor PT, so so most of what I do is like belly button down, and I just like could not remember um, like radial deviation or something, or like one of the um, Finkelstein tests, like how exactly to do it. And I was like, hang on, sorry, I have to like Google this real quick. And my patient looks at me and she's like, oh no, that's totally fine. Like you went to school to understand Google not be google. And to tell you that like shifted my life, like just that like one phrase from a patient who like understood that like yeah, this brain is a full filing cabinet and sometimes it's hard to know exactly where you stored something. So sometimes even just having google there to just like bring it to the front, it doesn't hurt anybody, right? It's it doesn't mean that you're any less of a physical therapist. It doesn't mean you're you're more of an imposter right to the PT community. And I think that that's very important when we when we talk about proceeding with confidence because if you were to go in and you were just like doing the knee range of motion you're like in the back of your head, oh I don't know if this is right. And then you step back and you type as if you're documenting down to be like, hang hey on, I just got to document what I found. And then you Google and you're like, what is normal knee flexion? You're like, Oh, let me go back and like, just double check that one more time. Let me do something. Do move it a slightly different way? You know, now they still believe you're just giving them optimal care. You're proceeding with the confidence that you know what you're doing because you pulled something back from the back of the filing cabinet. You're utilizing resources appropriately. And that arguably makes you a better physical therapist than just kind of faking it, faking it, faking it through. Cause there's a difference between like not knowing and figuring it out and going back and figuring it out. And there's a difference between like faking it and, and leaving it faked. Right. And I think that's, that's a big distinction with imposter syndrome is like the person who actually like feels the imposter syndrome and is like, I don't know what I'm doing, but then actually goes and figures out how to do it so they can do it correctly again. Then the person who kind of like lingers in that space of I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. I don't know what I'm doing. And then they just kind of like continuously spiral until they're so stuck that there's really they they back themselves into a corner that's very hard to get out of, right? They're in a mirror maze and all they see is themselves and all of their failures around them. When really all you had to do was just pivot and proceed with confidence in the direction that you believed was correct. And so when we're looking at like imposter syndrome as a whole, I want you to pretend, you know, if we can, if we can utilize imposter syndrome to make ourselves feel like the worst, imagine what we can do if we utilize imposter syndrome to make ourselves feel like the best. Right. And so if I am sitting there and I was like, oh my God, like they're all going to figure me out that I'm not a physical therapist. Again, switching the mantra to like, I bet they can't figure out that I'm not a physical therapist yet. And I say that like from like the PT um, student standpoint, right? And so like you want that nurse coming up to you asking, oh, are you so-and-so's PT? Yes, I am. And then just that like power hungry high, right? Follow that, chase that, utilize that confidence because imposter syndrome can be leveraged. Imposter syndrome can be Again, it's the whole idea of, of dressing for success, right? If you go in and you are wearing a hoodie and sweatpants to a business dinner, it's not going, you are going to feel like the imposter. You are going to feel like you stick out a little bit. And you can go in a suit and tie and still feel like the imposter if that inner self is still wearing a hoodie and sweatpants, right? Right. So on the outside, you're wearing a suit and tie, but on the inside, you're kind of still wearing this hoodie and sweatpants. Or you are that third person who has like out impostered the imposter syndrome. Like you've like impostered the imposter syndrome, right? You're just like, I am just fully embodying this person that I am. And I I dare them to figure it out because I I'm wearing a suit on the outside and on the inside. And then I'm going to proceed with whatever nuances i can navigate with what words that i can finesse and figure it out as i go and i think that that can be so powerful and it's not spoken about enough you know i may and i make a lot of jokes on my page about imposter syndrome because it is such this universal experience it's very universal to feel like <sighs> again like there's no other way to explain it than just like they're gonna figure me out but also ask yourself what's the worst that can happen if they do? What if they do figure out that you're a PT student? What if that person grading your lab practical knows that you don't know how to use the goniometer? Plot twist, it's their job to teach you how to use it, right? It's They should be there to assist and navigate, right? They should be there to answer your questions. You should be able to, again, retake it and have that opportunity to, again, proceed with confidence and know what you're doing because you know the expected results. We all know what we're working for. We all know what's expected of us to be. What if we just started embodying that person instead of being so scared that they're going to figure out that I'm not it? And that, that's the mindset that I want to like switch for you guys and, and offer that perspective is what if it all works out? And that is a terrifying, so terrifying because I can imagine 6,000 different ways for something to go wrong, 6,000 different ways. And I can fully prepare for each and every one of those. But the second I ask myself, what if this goes right? It's then the question of, okay, what next? And that I don't have an answer to. And so that kind of leads us to this idea of like process without a goal, right? Maybe that's what I'm scared of when it comes to imposter syndrome. It's, it's not that the same thing can go wrong. It's the thing that I'll have to do next when it actually goes right. But if I'm not preparing myself for that, if I'm not mentally in that space to accept what happens next, or even just kind of like teeter on that aspect of like, what if I can maybe charm this person enough to where they'll they'll grade me well on my CPI? If I'm not there yet, then there's nothing I can prepare for when it actually goes right. And I'm even more worse off. I'm even more set back. I'm even more, again, deeper in that corner of mirrors because I've, I've told myself that I'm the imposter so many times that I actually don't know how to recognize when I'm successful. And then I start really being down on myself that like, oh, why can't I like accept joy for anything? Yeah. Cause I've just spent the past 10 years literally telling myself that I didn't deserve all of these things when really I could have just been pretending that I do actually scratch that knowing that I do deserve all of that. And Then we accept it higher and bolder and better and we're able to see more, do more, learn more, take more from people, right? Stop being afraid, asking for help. Stop being afraid of the answer. No, no is a two letter word and it opens so many doors because it's like, oh, you don't know. Thank you. Do you know who else can help me? Then the world is a network. We're all just a web. And if someone can't help you, it's either because they can't take on enough and they have a boundary or they just don't want to, or maybe they're not the right person to ask, but maybe they know someone who does. So again, proceeding with confidence. And so that no one can question you laying out the answers in front of you, giving them all of three options. I remember when I was in um, high school, I took a child development course and they were like, when you are working with three and four year olds, you give them an option. You don't, you don't let them pick freely you have them say okay do you want a juice box or do you want a milk because the person still feels like they have autonomy right in their choice but you're also limiting their options to make things attainable and so can you do that with yourself right can you can you be like okay like can i have this amazing career as a physical therapist and also accept praise or do you want this like career as a physical therapist, or do you want to like sit in the corner and be sad, you know, like choosing things like that. Like you can have two that are great options. You can kept two that are bad options that you just need to swallow like a pill. Um, maybe this metaphor is kind of fallen apart, but I think it still kind of holds its water of like, we're all given choices and we need to, to allow ourselves to, continuously choose the, the good options, allow ourselves to have those, those better moments, right? Because we're only limiting ourselves when we, we throw ourselves in the corner. And uh, all of this kind of reminds me <laughs> of one of my favorite stories. When I was a sophomore in college, I very last minute went to a concert with a new friend of mine and we drove from St. Louis to Nashville. And when I was there, I'd bought tickets last minute and she had VIP tickets. And so she was like, okay, you go ahead and you wait outside and I'll just be down in the VIP for like 20 minutes. And he, again, I love this band. I've seen them VIP before. Like they're very great. Like they're super small, amazing. Um, and I was like, no, I want to see them. I want to go backstage. And she was like, You don't have a VIP pass. You didn't buy VIP, you bought general admission. And I was like, Yeah, but I'm gonna try they don't know that I don't have VIP. And she's like, but they have a list. And I'm like, they don't know that I don't have VIP. And so I just shot my shot. Right. So I walk up to the lady and she's like, and I was like, oh my God, like when my friend was like getting the tickets for us, like I was in the bathroom and it said like you were checking IDs and stuff. So like, I'll just pick it up here. And she was like, okay, like what's your name? And I was like, okay, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, oh, you're not on the list. I'm like, oh, it must be under my legal name, Christina, which is like on my card and like starts with a K. And she was like, mm, you're still not on the list. And at this point, I had kind of two options. I could either continue to go along with the narrative and proceed with confidence, or I could just accept my losses and leave, right? And I was like, honestly, what do I have to lose? And in the context of things with PT school and with the real world, always ask yourself, what do I have to lose by picking this other option? What do I have to lose by proceeding with confidence? And so in this one, I really had nothing to lose. So I was like, "Um, excuse me, like I should be on that list. Like here, I'll find the the invoice for you. And I scrolled through my phone. I vividly remember like pulling up a bank statement from like the previous concert VIP that I went to. And I was like, look, parachute VIP, this concert. And she was like, Oh, okay. must be a glitch in our system. Hands me a VIP pass. And that was it. I didn't go to jail. I didn't get in trouble. I didn't break any rules. Technically. I just simply proceeded with confidence to a point where no one could question me. I came in with the facts. I came in knowing who I was supposed to be right? I knew I had to be that imposter, right? I knew that I had to be that person that uh, had to have the confidence. I had to be a confident person and I had to have a plan. I had to be a person with a plan, right? Spies don't go around being like, oh my God, they're going to figure me out. They're like, no, I fully embodied this extra persona that I've taken on. And in that moment, that extra persona that I took on was someone with confidence. And so I ended up making it backstage, hung out with the band. It was so much fun. Um, I ended up getting like a signed um, drumstick. And that is just a memory that like I wouldn't have without proceeding with confidence, without embodying imposter syndrome for the positive, right? Allowing myself to become something bigger than I am that wasn't limited by my own anxieties. Because again, what did I have to lose? And so that's something that I really want you to to take away is, in the end, what what do you have to lose? And so something that I always love to to kind of finish these these conversations with is a quote that I just like hold dear in my heart. and I feel like it just literally ties into everything that I talk about on my platform, in my life, on my podcast. And it's at any point you are remembering, you can be the entire package and sent to the wrong address, right? And so even if your entire package is this embodiment of this imposter person who is like this mega awesome PT, who is going to kind of take on these like great like patient cases and and do the things that they didn't think possible, right? You can still end up at the wrong address, right? You can still be tapped and hit on and hit, knocked down by people who don't think you belong there. And it's all about having that, that space and that energy to be like, okay, I understand that they didn't appreciate the person that I was presenting as. They didn't appreciate the person who I was, right? Because at this time, like, yeah, like you can play up that you're a great person, all you are, but Arguably, if you're playing yourself up to be this great person, it's actually because you are that great person because we're, we're very humble when it comes to ourselves and we're easy to talk down on ourselves. When we start thinking about the person that like, is this greater version of us? A lot of times it is just like, oh wow, that's actually just the baseline of me. And like, I actually am a great person. And that took me a lot of therapy to (laughs) realize. So like y'all getting free therapy here. Um, and so, (laughs) but again, like also knowing in that boundary, like how much of it, how much of it is you, how much of it is a them problem. And that's okay. If it's a them problem, that's okay. If your, your imposter persona is too much for them, they can go find less. Right. And so when we're thinking about like imposter syndrome as a whole, it is such this universal experience of like, man, I, I am not enough. And like, even now you might just be like, man, she was not as good as Jimmy is on this podcast. Cool. You know, I I so much appreciate you paying attention and spending time with me, as Jimmy says. And that in itself is is more than I can imagine. Maybe this is the wrong address for you and that's okay. Um, but I still appreciate the platform enough. I, I have created myself as this like podcaster persona of imposter, right? To come in and, and infiltrate this network to tell you about how I've hijacked imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. I've I've done what I came to do. And I thank you guys so much for listening to it, to my rambling. I, I hope at times it made sense. I hope at times you were like, man, she should have taken her Adderall beforehand because you're probably right there too. And if you enjoyed it and you want to hear more, you can find me on the PT Pintcast Network with my podcast, The Thrive Guide, and you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at DPTs underscore with underscore anxiety for all things from classroom to clinic and in between navigating the neurospicy of healthcare and figuring it out through humor as we go. Thank you guys again. And again, this was the PT Pintcast Podcast. Bye.